And Jordan goes, I swear though, Emily, if you're pregnant again, I'm moving out. And I said, me too. Me too, girl. (laughs) You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 187 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. And we hope everybody has survived the holidays. They're not over. This releases on New Year's Eve Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we hope everybody survived the holidays. Yeah. And And the, what is it called? The Arctic... Something that came through. I don't know. I hadn't survived it. It is cold. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Some kind of Arctic. Arctic something. blast. There you go. That sounds good. It actually, that sounds like a ice cream or something. It might be. <laughs> it might be like a Dairy Queen special. <laughs> no, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, with it being the end of the year. This is our last one of the year, right? It is. Oh. And I haven't really thought about New Year's resolutions. (laughs) I do believe that the middle of January is when people give up those resolutions. There's actually a day for that. I know. I think it's January 17th. I I thought it was the 14th. Yep. Uh, January 17th is Ditch New Year's Resolutions Day. Man, I was hoping I was right. (laughs) You should know by now. I should know by now. (laughs) So we had a good Christmas and hope y'all did as well. We had family and grandbabies and all that stuff over. Mm -hmm. And not really any drama to speak of, sort (laughs) of. Yeah, we're not speaking of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, in years past, not every year, but there have been years, sometimes in years past, where there's always some kind of drama surrounding something or somebody getting angry about things. Uh, you talking about that fight at your mama's house. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't specifically talking about that. But anytime you get a group of family together, it's it's kind of weird. It's not just getting family together, but you are purposely creating a tense environment because you're having people come in, they're purchasing gifts for people that they normally wouldn't buy things for most of the time. It can put some people in stressful financial situations. And then sometimes people are cooking and cleaning all day long. So it's like you put people under this tremendous amount of stress and pressure and then throw them all in the room together and say, have fun. Yep. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> exactly. But anyway, that has passed us this year. We survived Christmas 2022. Yep. I will say, though, we had Christmas Eve at our house. It is much better to have holiday celebrations at someone else's house because you can leave when you're ready. Oh, yeah. Well, you didn't want to leave. We were all having a good time. No, no. But when it's at your house, you're, you know, you're having to be there and entertain until the last person leaves. When you're somebody else's house, you're like, all right, peace out. Yeah, maybe next year we should just rent somewhere. 
Or we can just use the the Lori excuse. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, David, you could have left that out. <laughs> okay, folks. <laughs> our guest today was actually not planned in our normal lineup of guests, but I mentioned her the other week when I was talking about whether people should postpone Christmas celebrations till all the kids are together and such. I don't know if you remember that, but if you listen to that, I was talking about Emily Watkins. I was able to get up with her as busy as she is with all her youngins. So we had a talk and I looked and Emily was a guest on our podcast three years ago. Oh, wow. It's been that long? It's been that long. I know. I was shocked too. But we not only talk about what to do when you don't have all the kids together. Her saying is you can't fit 100% of your kid's life in 50% of the time you have the stepkids. Bingo. Mm-hmm. But we also talk about her relationship with her stepdaughter. We talk about the bond with her stepdaughter and her hours kids. We also talk about expectations of stepmoms and their relationships with stepkids. Sounds like some interesting conversation. We talk about father's rights, child support, the court system. That sounds like one big gripe session. (laughs) No, David. (laughs) But one thing we talk about is growing as a stepmom. Mm -hmm. Not only do we feel we have aged 800 years, we feel we have Obtained 800 years of wisdom. I would agree with that. Yes. The self-growth that being a stepmom allows you is tremendous. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just give it to you, folks. You have to work for it. All right. So, David, you got anything to say? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, well. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) I do want to remind everybody, though, that... We do have other resources available because we always have new listeners jumping on here. So you can go to nachokids.com. Everything is there as far as pretty much everything we're doing. It'll point you in the right direction. We have the Nacho Club, which can be found there. It's a free resource. It's a, I started to say, it's a unanimous chat group. (laughs) It's an anonymous chat group (laughs) (laughs) that you can become a member of and get in there and talk to people. And you don't have to worry about all the craziness that's on Facebook and other places. And then we also have our flagship product, which is the Nacho Kids Academy. And so if you really, really want to fast track your success and see a change in your family quickly, then that's where you need to be. But let me say this caveat. Just like joining the gym doesn't mean you're going to lose weight and be fit because it's not the membership card that does it. (laughs) Joining the Academy is the same way. If you're going to join and you're going to put in the work, you'll get the results. But just joining does nothing. Exactly. Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there for you folks. Just putting that out there. Yep. Oh, I do have to mention that this episode has mention of suicide. All right, folks. So let's get to listening. Today we have Emily Watkins. Hey, Emily, how are you? Good. Good, good. Tell us a little bit about your blend before we get started. So I've been married to my husband for eight years, coming up in just a week or so, actually, December 23rd. And 
he had two kids when I met him. And then we went on to have four kids together. Four. She said four people. (laughs) Four and very close in age. I'm really disappointed you're not going to have any more because I love the pictures of your kids and the stories because they're crazy. They are. I mean, if Jack wouldn't have had a vasectomy, there would probably be more. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Come on, Jack. No What's wrong? <laughs> I, I think, I guess six was enough for him. Yeah. That's a lot of kids, though. It is. It is a lot. Of, it is a lot of kids. Yeah. Well, one reason I wanted to have you as a guest, you've been a guest before, but you had made a post on your unapologetic stepmom page about mm-hmm. not postponing activities because your stepkids can't be there. Correct. And I thought about this, and David and I were talking about it on one of our podcasts. And with us, because I'm like, I kind of disagree with you, and which is rare, because you and I are usually on the same page with things. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about it, and I think I know what the difference is. We have ours, kids. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is, because we don't have ours, kids. Uh So when Jackson was here, and the brothers weren't, say, you know, Christmas morning for whatever reason— then we would just move Christmas a week before, a week after, whatever works, so we could do it with everybody. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I didn't really think of, oh, maybe we shouldn't go to Carowinds this weekend, or we shouldn't do this this weekend because we don't have your kids. Because mm-hmm. you end up putting your life and your kids' lives on hold. Correct. Yes, and something that I say often is that I will never try to fit 100% of my children's lives into 50% of the time. Yes. And I, and I stand very, very firm on that. Well, your stepkids, they're a little bit older. Correct. So how, I know one of them's with you and one of them's with their mom. So the one that's with you, 50-50, mm-hmm. does she feel slighted or anything because she's not there? If she's not there Christmas morning and doesn't get to do the quote, quote, Santa thing with everybody, how does, do you know how she feels about that? You know, we've talked about it and not even just in reference of Christmas, but just that when she's at her mom's, our lives still go on. And honestly, no, she, she's honestly a very easygoing kid and she's, she's very logical and, and she loves her little siblings. So I don't think that she would ever want them to have to wait for her to do something. And like last Christmas, she was with her mom and they went to Mexico and had the best time. Wow. And so her life doesn't stop when she's not with us. And so why would I stop my kids' lives? When she's with her mom, she continues to do fun things. You know, she has a life over there and family and just like we do here. And I think that oftentimes kids take cues from adults. And so if the adults are freaking out about the schedule or, oh my gosh, we can't all do this together. I, I truly believe that the kids can pick up on that. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's never something that we've done. This is a, it's a touchy subject, but I heard once long ago that in situations like ours, you have sub families in a sense where Yes, Jordan is a part of our family, but we don't quit being a family just because she's at her mom's. Right. 
we still very much feel like a family, even when she's not here. And I think it would be hurtful and just not fair to my kids if if we operated like we weren't because Jordan wasn't here because my kids live here 100% of the time. Right. And we're just as much of a family when she's not here as when she is. Right. And I don't want my kids to ever feel like that we're not, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Now, do you have her week on, week off? Is that how the schedule works? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I c- couldn't remember if y'all did week on, week off or mm-hmm. the two, two, three, three mess or whatever. No, thank God. So she, it's funny that you mentioned that. So she used to switch Fridays after school. But what, what was a pain in the butt about that is that whoever's house she was coming to would have to take her to the other house to get all of her stuff, you know, in the school year, because she's obviously not going to carry her stuff to school. Right. And so she calls me one day and says, hey, I think I'm going to start switching on Sundays. And I said, oh, okay. Did you talk to your dad? And she goes, well, I'm talking to you. She said, I talked to mom and she's okay with it. She's like, it just makes sense because then you or dad or mom doesn't have to drive me from one house to the other to get my stuff. I can just go on Sundays with all my stuff. And I said, okay, I mean, if that works for you, I'm sure your dad's not going to have a problem with it. Just run it by him. And it was fine. So it's funny how as the kids get older, I don't know, some things get easier and some things don't, but it was just very interesting. She's funny. When you say that kids pick up on the adults a lot of times, what the adults are feeling or saying, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is so true. Mm-hmm. And often we project those feelings onto the kids or we assume that the kids feel a certain way. I, I know with my son, I'll say something and he'll say, you care way more about that than I do. Mm-hmm. He said, it doesn't yeah. matter to me, but you're, you're making it matter way too much. Yes. Or he'll say, I didn't think about that till you brought it up. And I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah. And we, you know, we've seen that a lot in our blend over the years. Um, Kids picking up on parents' feelings. And it can be good and it can be really bad. Yes. Exactly. So will y'all have Jordan this year for Christmas? We do. Yep. So she, um, she switches So for even years, she's with us at Christmas and odd years, she's with her mom. Okay. And do your kids ever ask where she is? You know. They haven't known any different. Yeah. You know, it's just they've grown up. And this is another thing that I used to talk about when they would go, when my husband's son was still with us 50-50 and my oldest was much younger, she would sometimes get upset when they would leave. And we just never played into it. Yes, I, I recognize that it was sad for her, but I never wanted it to be a pity party or just a huge deal because the reality was that was her reality. Mm-hmm. She had siblings that had two homes and they were week on, week off. And so I think that just when she was younger by, yes, affirming her feelings, but not camping out there, it really just taught her you know, oh yeah, Jordan's at her mom's this week. So they, they just, it's just their normal. Um, And we, we've never played into those big emotions because for what it's, it's not going to change anything. Right. And why do I want them to be, you know, terribly sad every other week when she's coming and going. Right. You know, and 
I know you see it in your group all the time because I see it in mine, and they talk about how the hours kid just cries and wants the step kid back. Mm-hmm. And yes, if you feed into that, no, then they will do it. That's kid picking up on parents' feelings. If you if you feed into that, then that's going to be an every other week thing. And I just no, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. It's the reality. It can't be changed. And we're going to make the best of it. Right. And it's not ignoring their feelings because mm-hmm. you can address those simply by oh, saying, yeah. I know you miss her, but she'll be back Monday or she'll be back Sunday. That's correct. Affirming their feelings mm-hmm. and then redirecting. Yes, I understand you're sad and we're going to have a great week and we'll see her in X amount of days. And after a while, it's they. I mean, my kids don't even get upset. Right. Sure. They'll, my baby is two and she and my stepdaughter have the sweetest relationship. And honestly, they have since the day my youngest was born. My stepdaughter told me a while back, she goes, don't tell the others, but Stetson is my favorite. And I was like, I know. (laughs) And she doesn't, it's not like she treats the others poorly, but I don't know. She just has a special bond with, with my baby and there's been a few times where I've I've seen Stetson outside of Jordan's door and just Dizzle, Dizzle, which is her nickname at our house. Jordan, mm-hmm. Dizzle, you know, just kind of looking for her. Yes. Um, which is super cute, but it, it's never been a full on breakdown or. Right. And, you know. and you bring up a good point. And we've talked about this a lot. The relationships you have with other people. For instance, mm-hmm. I was a daddy's girl. Still am. I did not intentionally create that relationship and then create the lesser, quote, quote, relationship with my mom. Correct. It happened naturally. And Mm -hmm. it's not like Jordan says, well, I'm just going to love Stetson the most. It's not like that. You can't help who you click with. Mm -mm. And and Stetson loves Jordan. And not that all my kids don't, but Stetson just, it's funny. She'll be in my arms and she'll see Jordan and she will almost jump out of my arms to get to Jordan. Yeah. Bye mama. Yeah. So, and, and, and again, I mean, they've just kind of been that way since the day Stetson was born. And you know, when Stetson was born, it was, she was born July 1st, 2020. So the, the height of COVID and where we lived in Colorado, I mean, it was pretty locked down. So we were home all together a lot. Mm -hmm. And so Jordan just, she held Stetson a lot. She cuddled with her. She helped feed her bottles. And so I think maybe it was just, you know, time is love. And so I think she just spent a lot more time as a baby, just because we were home than, than the others. Yeah. And that's carried over, uh, you know, into their relationship now. Now, Jordan is older than your stepson, right? Jordan is younger. younger. She's Mm -hmm. younger. They're two years apart. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you came into the blend, she was the baby. Mm -hmm. She was the baby. Mm -hmm. And then you start spitting out youngins. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you see any type of, let's say, jealousy or even role changes in her regarding her birth order? Because all of a sudden, she's not the baby anymore. No, honestly, I think, well, first of all, when we got pregnant with Emerson, I remember we 
we kept it for a while to ourselves. We didn't tell his kids for many reasons until after the pregnancy was viable and just some other blended family things mm-hmm. that I just, I didn't want the other home to know yet. We didn't want that. And of course we weren't going to ask them, we weren't going to tell them and say, but don't tell your mom. Right. So we right. just waited until we were comfortable and we knew the pregnancy was viable and we knew, you know, just a, just we knew how we wanted to handle it. And so she, I will never forget it. it. We told them we were at my parents for Christmas and we were sitting, they had a swing outdoors out or out back. Mm-hmm. And we told them on that swing. And I mean, she, she lit up, she jumped up, started squealing, dancing around. I mean, she was so excited to have a little sibling. And it was funny because she, Oh, I hope it's a girl. I hope I get a little sister. And then she went on to get three little sisters. Yeah. (laughs) But she's always been very accepting of her siblings. I will tell you something funny. A while back ago, maybe TMI, but I was late on my period. And my husband, of course, had had a vasectomy, but I was still kind of, I was like, okay, this is weird. You know, Mm -hmm. when you've had four babies that close, (laughs) a late period is, you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh man. And Jordan goes, I swear though, Emily, if you're pregnant again, I'm moving out. And I said, me too. Me too, girl. <laughs> so I, she loves her siblings, but I don't, I don't know that she would want more. And I mean, I don't blame her. I don't know that I could handle more. <laughs> so for, for, for your question, she's always handled it so well. And I think I, you know, we did try to be cognizant of the fact that her role was changing, but you know, she goes to her mom's and she's, she's still the baby. Um, her mom never had more kids except for the two that she has with my husband. And so she goes there and she's still, she's the baby of the family and she seems to flow well between her two homes and her two different roles. Right. And that's what I was going to ask you is at her mom's, is she still the baby? She is still the baby. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is her mom remarried? Essentially. Yes. She's been with her boyfriend for years, but he doesn't have any kids. No. Mm -mm. Okay. Now let's talk about you nachoing. Okay. Because you nacho Jordan. I nacho Jordan. I nacho the shit out of Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a great relationship with her. I do. I have an amazing relationship with her. And I can honestly say that I contribute so much of it to nachoing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is blows some people's mind, which tells me that they don't understand nachoing usually. Right. Yeah. They think that it's completely ignoring the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's just not parenting them. Correct. You know, my stepkids are older. Mm-hmm. And there are times with them being an adult, I will have an adult conversation with them that could be viewed as parenting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the difference is they know I'm not their parent. I know I'm not their parent, but they know that I'm telling them this out of love. Not judgment and not criticism. Correct. So we actually, this week, there was some stuff going on with my stepdaughter and she, you know, was having some pretty serious conversations with her parents and her dad. So my husband obviously told her, you know, Jordan, I'm, you know, because she's a teenager, right? So sometimes Uh she doesn't always talk to her parents. That's not abnormal. That's not exclusive to her. Right. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you have Emily and I hope you talk to her because you know, Emily's not going to jump your ass. Mm-hmm. She's, 
she's not going to try to parent you. She's just going to sit there and she's going to listen to you. And, and, um, she did, she came to me, it was Friday night. So last Friday night. And I mean, we talked for almost two hours and I just listened. I listened a lot. And same as you, I said some things in there that could be viewed as parenting, correct? Mm -hmm. But because of the relationship that we have, she knows that I love her. I care about her. I want the best for her. And at the end of the day, like my husband said, I'm not going to jump her. her yeah. butt. I'm not, I'm not there to, to heavily parent her. I'm not there to discipline. And so it's really freed up our relationship to be how it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm very thankful for it because I know that it can be very different because it is very different between my husband's son and myself. So I'm thankful for what I have with my stepdaughter. Right. Yeah. My relationship with all my stepkids is different mm -hmm. because they're different kids. They're different people. Yes. And yep. I'm closer to some than the others, but it's not that I dismiss any of them. Correct. Yeah. I mean, my, well, I mean, you know, a little bit with, about my situation with my husband's son, but you know, they've always been totally different relationships from, mm -hmm. from the moment I walked off the plane and met them for the first time. And, you know, there's just been things that have happened throughout the years and it's just created very different relationships. And I will tell you one of the biggest differences between the two of them is that my stepdaughter was always very accepting of me. And she was always very accepting of a relationship with me. And I think that that is something that many people from the outside looking in and even stepmoms, sometimes judging other stepmoms fail to see that a relationship works two ways. Yeah. You cannot have a relationship with a child or anyone for that matter, who does not want a relationship with you. You right. just can't. Yeah. You, you would be more productive banging your head into a brick wall. Right. It's like a relationship with a significant other. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your ex, you can't force them to be in a relationship with you. You can't force them to love you. Correct. If you could, you yeah. wouldn't have an ex. It's very strange to me that there's this expectation put on stepmoms that when we marry our husbands, we're suddenly supposed to have these amazing relationships with our stepchildren and we're supposed to love them. Mm -hmm. And not only love them, we're supposed to love them like our own. Yeah, like your own, girl. Don't forget that part. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, it's strange to me because who else in the world would you meet and then just have instant love for like your own, um, like any other kid, and just have a great relationship with them? Relationships take time. And I said this earlier, time is love. Yes. So for me, anyways, time is love. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I've never understood that expectation and I will never understand it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when we quit placing that expectation on, on stepmoms. I don't think it's going to come, but I, I look forward to it if it does. Right. Me too. And I don't even like the word stepmom. We've talked about that before mm -hmm. because I think the word mom on the end is what puts those expectations on there. Correct. There's not expectations of dad's girlfriend. Nope. But, but there's expectations of stepmom. And I think it goes back to the good old days where the mom took care of the house, the dad worked, and 
back in the day, if somebody got divorced or it was usually somebody died, so the mom did kind of take over that motherly role with the kid. There wasn't this every other weekend, every other week crap back in the 60s. No, I mean, moms moms overwhelmingly had custody. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why stepdads get favored so much more over stepmoms or are viewed in such a different light. But, you know, a mom divorces dad and then marries stepdad. And then stepdad's the one who's always there because dad only has every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And you still see that today, though, in many states. Yes. It's starting um, to change, but it's slow. It is. It is. I mean, I live in Colorado, and it's a, it's a, it's still very much a mother state in many ways. But as far as custody goes, it's it's 50-50 from the start unless, you know, one parent can just prove that the other parent is just not not capable of, of having 50-50. Right. Let's talk about that for a second. Because I know... Your view is it should be 50-50 straight out of the gate. From the start. Mm-hmm. And then, and I think that if it needs to be walked down from there, then, then do that. Right. But I think we're doing a disservice to our children when we cut one parent out of their life and they're only able to see that parent four days a week. And there's, <laughs> there's statistic after statistic showing that. And you know, it's usually the dad. Yeah, it is. Now, I will say that with my son, mm-hmm. thank God it wasn't where we, it was a 50-50 straight out of the gate state. Now, yes. you gotta think and this he was, was young, correct? Yes. We were not together when he was born. So see, now Colorado does have where, especially if the mom is breastfeeding, I think like a year, they, the, the kid, I could be wrong. And again, this can vary from judge to judge and couple to couple. Right. But the baby does have to be, I think for the first year, the baby is pretty much with mom, which makes complete. I mean, not, I get that. Right. Or maybe it's even still too. I don't, I don't remember, but I mean, they do give, when that's a baby, they do give a lot of stability unless the, unless the parents decide to do it differently. Right. Especially if breastfeeding is involved. Correct. Cause you can't, I mean, that's, you can't do 50, 50 and, and breastfeed that you, I guess you could, but that'd be a lot of work. Yeah, you'd be driving back and forth all the time, dropping off milk. Yeah, or having to pump out the butt. So, yep. <laughs> I hope you ain't pumping out your butt, girl. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I thought about that after I said it. That's funny. But yeah, uh, yeah, it would not be fun. But but with my son, there's not anything that I could have used as quote quote proof. Uh huh. To keep him from his dad, if fifty fifty was granted, right? Right. But throughout the years, we'll say the first three or four years, you know, I've been in the family court system off and on for 17 years. Right. Yeah. It's like a second hobby or something, but (laughs) don't miss it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so luckily it was seen early on Uh by the judge that my son did not need to be with his dad extra time. Correct. That every other weekend was plenty and, you know, a week in the summer, each month, whatever. So it's so hard, though, because if they would have said, okay, he gets 50-50 straight out of the gate, say when he was a year old. Mm -hmm. To walk that back. Right. And Mm -hmm. again, it's not something that I could have said, see, 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 you know, here's proof. 
But again, over time, it was shown that it was in my son's best interest to not have that extra time with his dad. Correct. Yeah, you know, it's hard because, you know, from, from my point of view, the way I look at it is how do dads ever get a fair shot in this country if something doesn't change? Right. Because if we continue with the status quo of, of mom gets primary custody and dad gets every other weekend, that's how it's going to continue. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, you you see so many kids of, as adults that they don't have relationships with their dads, whether it be because mom alienated them or they just didn't see them enough. I don't know how four days a month is enough to make a quality relationship with a parent. I agree. I do agree. And with that. I try to, I, and I try to put myself in a position of if I were the dad and my husband and I divorced and then suddenly I only see my kids four days a month. Like, you know how many men that just absolutely crushes and it just right. snowballs from there. I just, I can't imagine someone saying you're only fit to see your kids four days a month. Right. And then you look at the parental alienation part what, during uh-huh. those four days those dads can't they can't bond right and they can't get rid of the crap that the moms put in their head Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you've seen it but i've seen a lot here lately where unfortunately a lot of men are committing suicide i have because they feel hope i've actually it's crazy because i was just reading an article about that on the father's rights movement page yeah yeah i'm on there too and they're, you know, they bring a lot of awareness to that. And, and it's, it's really sad. I, I see a lot, they're fighting for custody. So they're spending a ton of money that they probably don't have. Mm-hmm. Right. So not only are they depressed about not being able to see their kids, well, then they're depressed because they have no money, even when they have their kids and they're in debt up to their eyeballs fighting for, for something that just should be their right. Right. And it's a constant battle. It doesn't stop. No. And it's, and I can, I can tell you that this was my husband and I's life for a few years where it was just constant legal and the motions and court. And it is draining. Yes. I mean, it's, I look back at that time of my life and I can honestly say it was, it was one of the worst times of my life, stepmotherhood or not. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine being the dad and not only are you fighting and spending all this money, you're you're not getting anywhere, and your your child, right? And when you do see your child, they're alienated. Right, right. I had one guest on a while back, and he was from England, and mm-hmm. he had a horrible parental alienation story, and it was yeah. so sad. And the courts just didn't seem to care. And that goes to show you that the family court system is not only screwed up in the United States, it is worldwide screwed up. Yes. And this guy, actually, I guess a cousin of his ex found the podcast Uh and he messaged me and said that the family court reached out to him and said that better be removed within 30 days or they were going to arrest him. Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm thinking... Well, what are they going to do if I don't do it? It's not that he can remove it. I mean, of course, I went ahead and removed it, but I'm thinking, what would they do? How? What? How? That's so interesting. So he's not allowed to tell his story, right? Because I mean, really, 
it can be looked at as he was bashing the family court system because they did some horrendous stuff. Well, maybe you should do better. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just the family court system. It's the court system in general. Uh, Locally, we have a cop that was killed by this guy that was actually a cop at one point, but he got fired for driving drunk in a cop car. So anyway, he ended up killing this um, cop that had just retired. So you've got a 28-year-old guy that is saying that he killed this 54-year-old dude in self-defense. Correct. And he was in jail, but he was able to get out on bond to go spend time with his family for Christmas. Yeah, it, it, I, yeah, it's a, it's a whole mess. That's a crock. For sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you kill someone, you don't get to get out of jail and, and go spend Christmas with your family because the person that you killed will never spend another holiday with their family. Yeah. And what about their kids? And, you know, again... The dude admitted he did it, so it's not like it's, oh, he hasn't been proven guilty, but, oh, the self-defense thing, come on. Yeah. Yeah. No. And not just like, I mean, like beat the snot out of him, beat him to death. Yeah, at some point you probably could have stopped. Yeah, yeah. If it was truly self-defense, there's, you know. Yeah, don't get me started on the whole DUI thing either with the criminal system. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because it's just yeah. as bad. Yeah, I think you have some experience in that. Yeah, I do, That's unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about child support for a minute. Okay. I assume that your husband pays child support. You know what? He did for with 50-50 and I guess a year and a half when we, like, it, oh God, it's such a long story, but he he paid like the full amount. Um, when we did not live near my stepkids, but in, um, Oh, February of 2019, she finally dropped it. Really? Yeah. Uh huh. I bet you were doing a happy dance. Well, it, I was shocked. So she dropped child support. Yes. And, and February, uh, yeah, February of 2019. Um, why? I mean, any reason? Um, I mean, I have some theories, but. I, I couldn't tell you why she did. Because that's rare. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it just, it was, it was his bullshit. Like those kids did not did live a different life from home to home. Mm-hmm. My husband has always provided for them. He's always covered their insurance. He's never missed child support. He covers half of their their extracurriculars, their well, extracurriculars that he was told about. <laughs> yeah, school fees, school supplies, medical. So it, it was just ridiculous. It was honestly the most ridiculous thing that he was paying child support. When I tell you, those kids do not live a different lifestyle from home to home. In fact, they they probably live better at their mom's because there's less kids. Right. You know. Yeah. So. So, what's your stance on child support as far? Because I see a lot of people. If you have 50-50, nobody should be getting child support. Man, it's hard because so many times there's barely a gap in between the parents' incomes. And then dad is paying child support, plus he's carrying insurance, plus he's paying for half of everything. And there are times when I look at those situations and I'm like, what is the mom doing Right. financially? Now, when you're getting into these huge gaps in between incomes. Okay. I I can 
I can come around to that, right? Right. But I think, like anything, child support and 50-50 should, should probably be case to case. I don't think it should just be a thing. Right. Because dad might make more. Okay, well, let's break down dad's expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, let's break down what else dad is paying for on top of having them 50% of the time and most likely providing medical. And, you know, when you think about dad divorcing, like, and if it's just him, then he could go to a single plan if he wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. But usually a, a dad is is always responsible for insurance, which that costs more to go from a single to a family plan. Right. And so I always just kind of wonder why mom is never responsible for any of that. Hardly. I've hardly ever seen it where mom is responsible for in providing insurance. I am. Well, so. See. Yeah. And the reason being because my insurance was better in the beginning. Uh-huh. And then also complications throughout the years of trying to get information from the ex regarding EOBs. Right. It was and, just easier. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, but it is usually the man. Yes. I don't know, me and Lori, that's, that is a hot topic issue, as you know. And I won't say that it should never be a thing, but I will say that I have seen more instances where it shouldn't be a thing. Right. Um, in my group, personally. Mm-hmm. But it's, man, I don't know. Like anything, it's... <sighs> I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, you can't make blanket statements about, oh, if it's 50-50, nobody should get child support. Because what if mom has been a stay-at-home mom for a couple years, but not long enough to yep. get alimony? But And so she's working finally, and she might be making minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. needs that help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's where, I, I think where, I think a lot of fresh mom, uh, stepmoms get frustrated, and I know this was personal for me as well, is that, you know, your dad has worked hard to earn a degree, works hard, holds a job, a stable job all the time. And then we're handing over our money to someone who in the past didn't do those things. Mm -hmm. And that was hard. That was really freaking hard, you know, and it's not the case now. But when I first married my husband and for those first few years, I was like, holy like, thank God there's, one responsible adult in this, you know, dynamic of parenting. Mm-hmm. That's really how I felt. And it was really hard. Child support was hard for me with 50 50. Yeah. But, you know, I got to a point where I was just like, it is what it is. Thank God we never saw it. It literally came out of my husband's paycheck like taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, just before it even deposited into our bank account, that child support had already been sent to hers. Right. It makes it easier when you don't see it. Yep. And, and so I did, I got to a point before it was dropped. I got to a point where I was just like, it is what it is. I mean, I can't change it. And I, I sure there were times when it was upsetting, especially, you know, when we had just built a house, we had just moved here. The cost of living here is much more expensive. Moving into a house is expensive. Yeah. And then she was taking my husband to court a lot and attorneys aren't cheap. No. So on top of all that, my husband is also paying her child support and he had 50-50 and he's covering their insurance and he's paying half of medical and he's paying half of everything else under the sun. And it's just like, okay, well, none of this makes sense, but okay. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where a lot of stepmoms are coming from is what I see, you know, and then on top of that, they were taking vacations, you know, when, when my stepkids with their mom, like, like, oh, must be nice. Yeah. That's what I was getting ready to say is a lot of times we'll see 
the stepmom is upset because she says, we're paying all this money to her and she's going to Hawaii twice a year. She's going to Jamaica twice a year. She's doing all these elaborate vacations with the kids and we can't afford a pot to piss in. And God, it's like my husband and I situation wasn't, you know, can't afford a, a pot to piss in, but we definitely weren't doing what they were doing. Right. And so that's why I struggled with the, oh, well, the child support is to even out the homes. Are you blind? They're, they're not even. It's actually like she's tipping the scale over there. Right. But now let me ask you this. Is it tipping the scale because of what her boyfriend does and contributes financially or oh, her 100%, alone? 100% her boyfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a, it's a two-income household. And I, I think that, that the child support alone would not have been as bothersome it was the fact that we were having to spend money on an attorney because she kept choosing to file motions and that's not cheap. Right. So yes. it's like, pick a struggle. Yeah. And it was very hard. You know, a lot of times I'll look at it and I'll say, okay, if you're upset because of the child support, but most of the income in the other home is coming from a step parent. Uh-huh. You know, that can't be calculated. That's not right. I don't think a step-parent no, should like, ever be required to no. financially take care of a stepkid. No. From a court standpoint, let me say that. But I think I think where it does come into play is if the mom is not holding a stable job and then is like not even trying, mm -hmm. but yet mom is living lavishly because of stepdad and he's paying her light bills and her electricity and her gas and her you know, whatever, all those bills. I understand that frustration. Right. Like I get it. I get where a stepmom is looking at her and saying, what are you doing for your children? Yes. Oh, I, I get it you too. You have two men providing for them. Mm -hmm. You're doing nothing. Right. You know, so I get that. I get that it's frustrating, but I also get you can't camp out there because it'll eat you alive. Yes. But then I also get that that's very hard not to do when your home is struggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, we have a responsibility to our kids. Mm -hmm. And if the court system is going off of the bio parents income, mm -hmm. hopefully they at least impute the non-working bio parent with minimum wage. Yeah. And I do think that happens a lot, but yeah. It's that's still frustrating, especially if the other parent has the ability to make more, which, yes, sometimes judges will do that. They'll impute them based off a degree or what they could make. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they won't. Right. And again, you know? here we go with the family court system being so jacked up that there's no uh -huh. consistency. It depends no. on the judge and how they're feeling that way. Do they, that day, do they like men more? Do they like women more? Are they going through something in their own life that has them where they just are so fed up with women that the woman is going to lose no matter what? I mean, mm -hmm. the case before them. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that plays into it. And this, this is why I really struggle. And you see this a lot. A dad is like, the the mom is keeping me from my kids or this or that. And it, oh God, it drives me. Just take her to court. Like it's just as simple as is going outside for, for a walk. Yeah, take her to court, spend $6,000 and see what might happen. $6,000 would have been nice. Woo! Yeah, yeah. We spent that in six days back in November of 2017. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. 
on a on a on a uh, an emergency motion. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, so that's why I laugh almost just in disgust, really, when someone just says, take her to court, when they just throw that out there. Mm -hmm. And I just think, first of all, not only is court expensive, it is mentally draining. Yes. To have someone else in control of, of when you're seeing your children and when you're not, which in reality, that is, that is divorce. Right. When you divorce, you are putting part of that into the government's hands. Yes. You are saying you now get to determine when I see my kids and when I don't. And let's be honest, that usually works out better for moms than dads. Yes. And ju the judges don't know you from a hill of beans. No, you're just another face yep. in, in their courtroom. Mm -hmm. Unless you go a lot and then, you know. Yeah. And then they can get aggravated with you going a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like this in most states, but I know here... It is now a requirement you go to mediation before you go to a final hearing. Mm -hmm. That's my husband has been to mediation many times, and it was usually a big fat joke. Yes. And a waste of money. <laughs> I, I, I agree. In the favorite court system. <laughs> but if they're going to require that, why not let that start off that way? Yeah. Why rack up $20,000 in attorney's fees and then pay to go to mediation? Yeah, because you do. You do all this, this work beforehand. And it's just like, go to mediation out of the gate. Right. And, the, and some parents do. Um, I actually have a really good friend here and she did that with her ex. Just said, hey, we're not, we're not agreeing on this and we need to pay for a mediator to try to work this out. And they did it. Mm -hmm. And they were able to work it out in mediation. And that was that. Right. Because sometimes you do just, look, it's a divorce. You're, you're clearly not married for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. You probably really didn't get along well. So why would we think that now that you're divorced, you're, you're suddenly going to get along and be able to work all this stuff out. And I think there are sometimes there does just need to be a third party with just a different outlook right. on all of it and yeah. saying like, yeah, you're being unreasonable here. And yeah, this is not going to work out well for you. You should probably concede on this. And Well, what gets me is a lot of times the mediator scares you into agreeing to some type of offer. Because mm -hmm. they'll say, well, you never know. The judge might do this. You never know. The judge might do that. It, honest oh, yeah. to God, is gambling. Yeah. My husband's attorney was funny because she was a shark. And she was like, yeah, we're not agreeing to that. You can go tell the other party that. Mm -hmm. You know, like she was very, this is bullshit. A judge is not going to agree to this. You know it. I know it. They know it. Like, let's move on. Right. Yeah. But. I don't know. It's just, it's such a waste of money. It's such a waste of time. It's such a waste of mental energy. And for what? Yeah. For what? Yeah. Because then once you get that paper, guess what? It don't mean jack. Nope. Because it can say that your ex is supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Well, if they don't, what is your recourse? To go Going get an attorney. Yep. Go back to court. Ah. And that judge... Could say, well, I don't think that should have been in there in the first place. So we're just going to remove it. Uh huh. Well, and it's—I say this often, but the family court system is the biggest money grab, one of the biggest money grabs I've ever seen. Yes. You know, and I see this. I will see this in my group, mm -hmm. and I did. I appreciated that about my husband's attorney. Is she was very honest with him, and like, you're not going to get anywhere with this, or mm, you know, yeah, 
sure, I can take your money, but you know, she was very honest and and I appreciated that because we were already paying her a ton. And I, I will see posts sometimes in my group and well, our attorney said X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, respectfully, that is a terrible attorney who just wants your money. Yes. And, and I saw some of that even in my own husband's situation, specifically the case in, in 2017, um, in November, I, I was like, I don't even know why an attorney would have, would have advised you to take this to court. It was such bullshit. Right. You know, I had an attorney that he didn't put something in the papers. And I said, why wouldn't you put that in that normally? Now, I called it before it got processed. And he said, it's job security, honey. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I said, okay, so you really are intentionally making it where these court papers don't include everything that you know they should include. So somebody will have to come back and pay you more. And he just looked at me and said, job security. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's robbery. And, you know, I, and I think about it's not healthy for the kids. Because sure, you can try to shield them from what's happening in court. But like when they get to a certain age, they know. They know their parents are fighting in court. Yeah, and not just that, but it would change my mood drastically when I would get something from the attorney in the mail. Oh, gosh. You know what's so funny is that my husband, we'll text throughout the day, but we don't, we don't, he doesn't call me often throughout the day. He's Mm -hmm. busy at work. Like, you know, he just, sometimes he will. But, you know, for a while, when, you know, when all the legal stuff was happening, he would call me and it was, it was always bad. Well, she filed another motion. Well, Mm -hmm. this happened. Well, now we have to deal with this. And I still, to this day, it's funny. He called me the other day and it was like 1230 and his tone was just a little off. And I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong? What happened? (laughs) Who filed what? Yeah, more crap. More court crap. Oh, he goes, no, I just left a job site and it's just, it's a super frustrating job. And because he was project manager on it and he goes, it's just, it's a mess. And he goes, so I just am processing that. But he was like, I was just on my way back to the office. So I wanted to give you a call. And I was like, whew, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) Like this many years later. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And if you're not careful your relationship with your significant other can end up being consumed by the court crap, the discussions about the ex, where that's the only thing y'all talk about. Oh, I know. And I finally got to a point where I told my husband, I was like, I can't talk about it anymore. Yeah. I I can't. And, you know, and it was funny because it was, it was a lot me pursuing it because it's very, it's, it's strange to live in a situation where it's directly affecting your life, but you have no control over it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's hard and you want to know the details and you want to know what's going on. And at the same time, it's so, it's so terrible for you. Yes. And we got to a point where if it was important, like if it was like, okay, I'm going to court on this day or I have mediation on this day or this is big and it happened today, then yes, we would discuss it. But it it literally got to a point where not only would we not talk about anything, we just like, we didn't even say her name in our house right because it was just it was that bad Mm -hmm. and that's what we needed at the time to protect me to protect our marriage um is it like that now no right i mean i've grown so much it's it's calmed down but 
I, I tell stepmoms that like I get it's all consuming and it's so hard because I, I've truly been there mm-hmm. when you're throwing money away and your husband's stressed and you're stressed and but at some point you've got to disconnect from it or it will eat you alive yes and it will it will drown you and it will drown your marriage mm-hmm. it will easily yes yeah and it's hard to do. I know. I'm not just saying that. Like, it's so easy. It's hard to do. I know because I had to do it. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not easy to do. No. But nope. you have to realize that if you're one of these stepmoms that goes in and you push your husband to get custody of his kids, Woo. that could bite you in the butt because more often than not, we see when that happens. Within a year, the stepmom is saying, I wish to God I would have stayed out of it. Uh-huh. If they want their kids, they're going to fight their kids and fight for their kids, and they don't need you to tell them to. Mm-hmm. The, exactly. And, and, and quite frankly, if they're not doing it, then maybe it's not something that they want. Right. And, you know, stepmoms will make the argument, well, he just needed some push mm-hmm. and encouragement. And I'm like, okay, but you're still doing everything. You're documenting everything. You're keeping the binder. You're communicating with the attorney. Like, so who wants this? Right. And do you know what you're signing up for? (laughs) Because my guess is you do not. And yes, I completely agree with you. I have seen many stepmoms who push their husbands to get full custody. And like, I regret that. Mm -hmm. I so, so, so regret that. Yep. And then too, if the stepmom is the one getting things prepared for court, then they're really invested. Oh, it's a mental drain. Yes. It's it's a mental drain in so many different ways. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tell stepmoms often, like, if it's important to him, he's going to do it. And you hear, the, well, he's not as organized, and he's not this, and he's not that. Well, it's 2022. He's a grown man. He yeah. can Google it. He can figure it out. Like, what happens if you disappear off the earth tomorrow? Yeah. Who's going to do all this for him? Right. His mom? Mm-hmm. You can make excuses all day long. Girlfriend? Yeah. And a lot of that, and you know it as well as I do, is they won't control. It's control. And you know what? I can empathize with that. I can, I can understand that need for control in a situation where you feel like you have no control. But so many times that need for control, it's escalating conflict. Yes. It's creating tension in your marriage and it's creating you to be resentful and burnt out. Mm -hmm. And I just, I've rarely ever seen it end well. I'm actually trying to think of a time when I have, and it's one's not coming to mind, but I can think of hundreds and hundreds of times when it hasn't turned out well. Yes. Oh, same here. It's just a very, that is for a stepmom, that is a very slippery slope to be on. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that you don't matter or you're not important or, hey, yeah, you might can do it better than him, but it's not your place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I can, you know, with our kids that I would say, oh, I can do better than my husband because they're, I'm with them all the time. I know their routines. I know their schedules. I know because that's that's my job. Mm-hmm. But he needs that with it. Yeah. They need for him to do it differently. They need what we both bring to the table. Right. And if you constantly jump in and save them, they'll never learn how to do it. 100%. And, and you know, moms and dads love differently. That's just the reality. Yeah. And I think that some people get a little upset when I say that, like they think I mean that moms love their kids more. And I don't mean that my husband would die for our children. He loves them immensely, but we love them differently. Yeah. 
And that's good. They need that. Mm -hmm. They need those different types of love from mom and dad. Right. And just like I always say, the the kids need the bio parent to parent them. They don't need the step parent to parent them. And whether the bio parent realizes it or not, they need to be parenting their kids. Like it too often we see stepmoms jump in and take over things. And then when they finally do say, okay, this is too much. I need to step back. I need to nacho. Then the guy's like, I wasn't able to parent before because you were in my way. Uh-huh. And and and, and, and at that point, it, I think for the man, it's coming down to a place of, do I want peace in my marriage? Yes, I do. Okay, well, then I'm going to just let her do this. And I, which is also a very slippery slope. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, you know, if I, if I could say anything to a, a woman who's about to become a stepmom or a woman who's a fairly new stepmom, it would be to have these conversations, to set these boundaries, to set these expectations from the beginning. Yes. Don't get in and get burned out and then realize that you have to change. And then you're changing the whole dynamic of your marriage and your family mm-hmm. because that's hard. Well, it's like everything else. It creates resentment. Yeah. If you come in yep. and you take over everything, it's harder to stop taking over everything. Whereas if you come in, one hundred percent, yeah, and just kind of go with the flow, and then help here, help there. Don't make it a habit, or I don't want to say don't make mm-hmm. it a habit, but if it works good for you to take the stepkids to school, that's great. But let the parent mm-hmm. still be the parent, and let them be a part of their mm-hmm. lives because we do jump in because we're Johnny on the spot. The stepkid does something wrong, and within a millisecond, we're like, "Did you see that? Did you see that?" And I think it's it's easier to see fault in other children or other people's children. Oh, and yeah. I think that's something that stepmoms have to be able to like to, you know, being annoyed by something that your stepkids do that maybe you wouldn't be annoyed at that if your bio kids do, which is by the way, which is very normal mm-hmm. because those are your bio kids and there's just something there that runs so deep. And I think it's important as stepmoms to be cognizant of that. And I also think that, you know, on the lines of doing stuff for your stepkids, I, I'm a stay at home mom, right? Mm-hmm. And so I am the point of contact for my stepdaughter usually when, when she's here, Mm -hmm. but there have been times when she needs to be picked up from school earlier, or I have something going on, or I just, I'm like, yeah, I can't do that today. And my husband leaves work and he goes and he gets her because that's his kid. Right. And there's no anger towards you about it. No, he does not expect me. Now, do I help him? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I, I would, if, if it's, if I want to, and if it's, if it's within, like, if I'm able to do it, then I almost always do it right because I don't mind Mm -hmm. because it doesn't cause me stress. It doesn't cause conflict. And so I think that's another thing about not doing that gets, it's not that you have to stop doing everything Mm -hmm. because I do a lot for my stepdaughter. Yeah. Uh, You know, when she's not here, I do the grocery shopping, right? So I'm the one who goes into her room and takes count of okay, she needs shampoo and conditioner or, you know, usually she'll, she'll tell me too. Mm -hmm. I always, this is funny, but I always check her razor head because we have the same razors. I'm like, yep, that's dull. She needs a new one. (laughs) You know, (laughs) things like that, that just, I don't know, our mom thing really. Right. Like I do those things for her, Mm -hmm. but I don't do the big stuff. I'm not, you know, when she gets in trouble, I'm not in her face when there's a meeting at school with her parents. I'm not there. Right. When it's any, anything like that, I'm not involved. I'm not present. My face is not shown. And, but you know, like 
the other things, back to school shopping, that's something her and I always do together and we love it. And we've done it, you know, yeah, pretty much every year since I've known her. Things like that. Well, no, this year she did go with her friends. (laughs) She just got the money and went with her friends, which was great. She had a great time, but Mm -hmm. because she's getting to that age, you know, she's 15. Right. But nachoing is, is letting go of the things that cause conflict and, and cause stress, or quite frankly, you just don't want to do because it's your husband's responsibility. Right. And that's okay too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. At the end of the day, it is inherently his responsibility. I remember seeing something on Facebook one day. I guess you had taken Jordan Chick-fil-A for lunch. Uh Uh-huh. And I was thinking to myself, this is the perfect nacho advertisement. (laughs) I nacho my stepkid, but here I am dropping her off Chick-fil-A for lunch because she wanted it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. She texted me and said, can you please bring me Chick-fil-A? And you know what? I was out and I was near Chick-fil-A and I was like, you know what? Sure. I will do that for you. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I don't do things for her because I do. I do a ton for her. Oh, I know you do. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not the face of the heavy parenting and I don't want to be. And I'm, I'm thankful for it. You know, and a lot of times I see, you know, people who are, I can't imagine not being involved or this or that. Overwhelmingly, they have young stepkids. And, you know, when Jordan was younger, I don't think she would have been opposed to me at all being a part of discipline. I never was, but I think she would have a problem with it now as a 15 year old. Right. Yeah. We were talking about um, a minute ago, the kids having somebody they can talk to. You know, Jordan Uh knows she can talk to you and she's not going to get drug over the coals. And that is so important for any child to have. And I remember with my son, you know, I didn't know if he would feel comfortable talking to David. So I did tell him, I have a friend. And I said, if you ever need to talk to somebody about anything that you don't want to talk to me or David about, she is there for you. Yeah, She's not going to judge you. She's not going to tattle on you, but she's there for Uh you. And kids need to have that. And a lot of times that safe place can be with the step parent. It can. If you cultivate the right relationship, it absolutely can. Right. I, I, I agree. And I am I'm thankful that my stepdaughter and I have that type of relationship. And I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm-hmm. Um and I and you know, and I'm thankful to her for always allowing me to be a part of her life because she has. Yes. You know, so much credit of our relationship also goes to her. Yeah. Because like you said, she had to be accepting of you or it would have mm-hmm. never worked. And, and, you know, and she's forgive me when I've messed up <laughs> the other morning. I don't know. This has been a few weeks ago, but she had asked me to take her and her friend to school. And I said, sure. Cause you know, usually she rides with a friend, a different friend or, or she rides the bus. And I said, sure, that's fine. But I have to leave by seven 30. Also the cleaners are coming at seven 30. So your room needs to be picked up. Mm-hmm. Well, I go in at like seven 25 girls still in bed. With her and her friend, I don't know if their alarm didn't go off or whatever. And man, I was frustrated because I, I was trying to get my four out the door, and I I snapped at her, mm-hmm. and which it, it wasn't. I I mean, it was by no means this big deal of whatever. But I yeah. did. I was like, Jordan, are you freaking kidding me? Like I told you, I had to leave at seven thirty. The cleaners are about to be here. Like you're gonna be late to school, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't have time to wait for you. I have to go. I have to get. I have to get your siblings to school. And so she calls me a little later on and was like, did you leave? And I said, yes, I literally told you I had to leave. 
And I said, I don't know. I said, I can come and get you later. Like once I drop the other kids off, I was like, but you're going to be late to school. And so she texts me a few minutes later and says, we found a ride. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I really wish I would have handled that situation better. I get that I was frustrated trying to get my kids into the car and it had been a hectic morning. So I called her and I said, Hey, I said, I'm sorry about the way I handled that this morning. I could have handled that better. I was frustrated and I took it out on you. I said, I'm sorry. And she forgave me. Of course, she's like, well, I'm sorry too. I don't know if my alarm didn't go off. And yeah, I should have cleaned up my room last night before Mm -hmm. I went to bed. So like she acknowledged, I'd never even said, but you did. I just apologized for what I did. Right. And then she acknowledged like, yeah, I should have planned better. Mm -hmm. And so things like that, like she forgave me. She didn't, she didn't hold it against me. She didn't, you know, like, God, my stepmom is such a B word, you know? Well, she may have said that. I don't know. (laughs) It's so important for us as parents and step parents to be able to admit, to admit when we screw up. I did the same thing with Jackson the other day, I said, I'm sorry that I was snappy with you. I am tired. I am hungry. And I am done with today. Yep. Yes. I think we need to normalize apologizing to our children. Yes. Well, I want to talk about one more thing real quick before we wrap up. Okay. You had briefly mentioned something in the beginning about you have grown. Mm-hmm. And Clarissa and I actually talked about this. Mm-hmm. As a stepmom... I feel like I have not only aged 800 years, but I have also matured 800 years. Yep. Do you feel that way too? Yep. Like 100%. And you're more self-aware. There's just. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I posted about this in my, in my group um, actually just the other day. It was a picture that I saw of a quote. I'm actually trying to see if I can find it because it was, you know, it, it super resonated with me, but it was essentially something about feel. Let me see if I can find it because I'd rather just read it. It's, it's, oh, here it is. I found it. Okay. Feel the feeling, but don't become the emotion. Witness it, allow it, and release it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, and I went on to talk about in that post because there had been a few different posts in my group, and I see them often where a stepmom gets so frustrated and she sends this super fiery message to bio mom thinking, I don't know, it's going to fix something. I'm not, you know, Mm -hmm. but I can relate to the impulsiveness and the need to do that because I'm a fiery person. Mm -hmm. I say what I think. I, I rarely back down unless it's for a good reason. I'm stubborn. Mm -hmm. I'm fiercely loyal and I will go to bat for the people I love. And I'm not afraid to say what I think at all which I think is one of the reasons why my message and my platform has, has grown as much as it has, because I say the hard things about stepmotherhood and, you know, I I can relate to, to the energy behind sending those messages. But I talked about how there are times when silence is the best answer Yes, when there's, there's not a reason to send the message or open your mouth and to speak. And one thing I will, a credit like me as an adult learning this and understanding this was becoming a stepmom. Yes. Because no matter what, you know, cause there have been some situations throughout the years that who boiled my blood for my husband mainly, but just, I just could not wrap my head around them. 
And yes, have I ever wanted to send a fiery message? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I wanted to rent a billboard, girl. <laughs> yeah. Have I ever done it? No. 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 Because it's not going to serve me and it's not going to change anything. Right. And so I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned being a stepmom is when to keep my mouth shut, mm -hmm. which then transfers into other parts of your life. And so, yes, I feel like I've grown so much. Yeah. When to fight the fight, when to back down. And when to know when to protect your peace. Right. When to place boundaries to protect your peace, which is a very, very important part of life. Mm -hmm. That stepmotherhood really taught me. Yes. And I know for me, it was, I'm a control freak. Maybe we can say recovering control freak, but uh -huh. I know. 100%. Yeah. I know in the beginning for me, I, I couldn't, I didn't think I could keep my mouth shut. I'm a very outspoken person. If I'm thinking it, I feel like you should know it because usually I'm the person uh -huh. that's ballsy enough to say what everybody else is thinking. And But I have learned that not everybody wants to hear what I have to say mm -hmm. and that things I can't control, I can 100% control how I let those things affect me. Uh -huh. For instance, yeah. coming in and the dishes not being done. I can allow myself to be mad if I'm mad. Set a timer, three minutes. Let's be pissed off about the dishes. Uh -huh. But then after that, stop. Why yeah. do you want to be mad for two days about dishes? Or why do you allow yourself to be mad for two days about mm -hmm. dishes? No, and it, you know, it's cliche, but you can't control other people's actions, but you can control your reactions. Yes. But it, it is, it's a very important lesson as a stepmom. Because you cannot control what the other home is doing, mm -hmm. but you can control how you react to it and you can control how you allow yourself, what state you allow yourself to be in. Right. And I, I wish that more stepmoms understood that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that the more you talk about it, the more it's going to be in existence. Right. I think that at some point you have to quit talking about it. Like, are there still things that upset me in this life as a stepmom? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the difference is now is I'm not going to overly talk about them because for what? Yeah. Because you're taking away time from your kids, your bio mm -hmm. kids. Correct. It's not a mental space I want to be in mm -hmm. and it's not something I can control. Right. So therefore I'm not going to go to that place. I'm going to feel the feeling. Yes. I'm not going to become the emotion though. And I'm going to release it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, who would have thought that becoming a stepmom would just make us all so wise? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I know, right? I, but, you know, I think that if you let it, stepmotherhood can teach you a lot. And, I, and, and, and not just stepmotherhood, you know, learning from, from people who have been in it longer, maybe have, a, you know, for me, you and Brenda from Stepmom Magazine and, and just other Clarissa, just other stepmoms, mm -hmm. right? like learning from them. And I think that also one of the keys of being a good stepmom is surrounding yourself. I, I truly believe in stepmoms having other stepmom friends because it's just a different, it's a different world. Right. But I also know that those friends, they need to tell you when you're wrong. Yes. And, you know, we, I think in, in groups, you see a lot of people seeking validation. Mm-hmm. And support doesn't equal validation. Right. 
and you need good stepmom friends who are going to call you out when you're wrong Mm -hmm. and who, but are also, they're going to sit with you in, in the hard times, right? Yes. A good friend is a friend that will tell you, no, you need to chill. You're off the chain. Huh? They're honest with you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and you cannot be constantly validated as a stepmom in all your decisions. And this is, and I say this a lot in my group, like just because this is a stepmom group doesn't mean we're going to agree and validate you because you're a stepmom. Right. That's not how you grow. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I hope that your goal is to grow. Right. And, and to not need my group as much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. You and I both do this because we want to help people. We want to help them not feel like they're living in hell. That uh-huh. they have some kind of saying in their life. They have some kind of control that they can be happy in a blend. Yep. I want you to grow and I, I want you to, to move on from the group. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, yeah, sure, stay in it. But I don't want you to be in such a place where you feel like you need this emotional support every week. Right. Because what a terrible place to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want you to feel like that. Exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Emily, but as always, it is great talking to you. Yes, you too. It's always a pleasure. And thank you for being a guest and all that happy stuff. And I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point again. That sounds great. It was good chatting with you. Yes, you too. Oh, and there's something else we forgot. Until December 31st at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. (laughs) You can join the Nacho Kids Academy and get 25% off your first month's membership. Shut your mouth. No, I'm not shutting my mouth. (laughs) That's what started the whole problem. (laughs) (laughs) Just use code Nacho Christmas 2022 to receive 25% off your first month. Sweet. Hey, you know what? I got a way that you can get the Academy for free all day, air day. Huh? Yeah. This is a little known secret. I'm going to let people in on just because you're listening to the end of the podcast. We have, and, and this is not anything new, but it's a secret. We have an affiliate program. If you have somebody sign up under your affiliate link and all you have to do is be a member to get an affiliate link for every person that you get that joins the Academy using your affiliate link, you will get 25% of their membership. Meaning if you got four people that join, that makes yours free. Exactly. So now of course there's some things in there to, to know about it and all that, but you can find out more. Uh, on the Nacho Kids Academy website about how all this works. But it is a fantastic way to get people that you know, friends and family, get them the help they need in their blended family. And at the same time, you could have your membership be free. F-R-E-E, folks. That's right. It's the only four-letter F word we use. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're already a member, you can go to my account and choose affiliate info. To find out more about it. There you go. All right. There's your secret for the year. All right, David. I think that's all I got today. All right. We'll see you folks next year. (laughs) And wherever you are, stay warm because we are freezing. Yep. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening the entire year. We look forward to spending 2023 in your ear. That's right. (laughs) And... 
You want to be a guest on this podcast? Shoot me an email. Lori, L-O-R-I, at nachokids.com. All right. You heard it here, folks. Thanks for listening. Have a happy new year. And remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.